Hello and welcome to this special episode of the UK Flooring Podcast. This podcast was recorded live at the Harrogate Flooring Show direct from the Tramex stand. So if there is a little bit of background noise or anything like that, I can only apologise, but that is why. I chat to Kelvin, the sales director, about how the business started. Tramex has been around since 1974 and was started by Kelvin's dad. If you're not aware of what they do, well, they do moisture meters for many different industries, including the flooring industry and export globally to many different countries. So I do hope if you are a flooring expert, you know what a Tramex meter is. But if you don't, this will be the podcast for you. Sit back, enjoy the show. Please do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review on all the platforms that you might be listening to. It really is the oxygen to this show. Welcome to the UK Flooring Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool for manufacturers, retailers, and everyone in between. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Welcome, Kelvin, um, for the UK so. Flooring Podcast. Uh, first of all, putting moisture meters, business flooring shows to one side. Yes. Um, who is Kelvin Reihard? Is that right? Uh, Reinhardt. 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 Yeah, Reinhardt. Um, Tramex and moisture meters, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an average guy yeah. with a uh, family. And I, yeah. Hometown. <laughs> that threw me there for a moment um, So I'm from Dublin Okay. Um, <clears throat> I lived most of my life in Dublin Between Dublin and Wicklow yeah. I'm 50 years old last year I have two sons, a wife yeah. I live in Greystones, County Wicklow okay. And uh, yeah Brilliant. Other than that, I work in Tramex Brilliant. <laughs> And for the uninitiated And I think in the flooring industry If you don't know who Tramex is And we're yes. not blowing smoke here um, I think you've got an issue if you don't know who Tramex is If you run Run a flying business, in my opinion. But um, who is Tramex to you? Um, and how long have you been there? And what's the story behind that? So Tramex is a family business. So my father started the business 50 years ago next year. Okay. Just after I was born. Right. So <clears throat> um, he began in the, in the roofing industry. And he started out importing roofing into Ireland from Belgium and the USA. Right. And um, basically his customers wanted to know where the moisture was in an existing roof. So they could sort of take out a section of the roof instead of changing the whole roof when they had a damage. So he went out looking for some way to find moisture in flat roofs and he couldn't find one. So he decided to invent one. So he developed the world's first non-destructive moisture meter based on capacitance measurement, Okay, basically, which is what we do. So all of our meters are based on the same principle right. as the original one he invented for roofs, but they've just yes. been changed over years for various different products, <clears throat> various different calibrations for different materials. Yeah. Um, so now... Uh, we have two main industries, apart from the roofing, which we still, we're still big in. We have flooring and we have restoration of, of water-damaged buildings. Okay. So right. when it comes to, to, to flooring, uh, concrete moisture meters are what we do most. Okay. Relative humidity testing, etc. 
Yeah, yeah. just making sure a, a concrete floor is dry enough to put a floor covering down on top of, basically. So what percentage of the business is now flooring? What percentage is roofing? A good question. Uh, well, roofing is, is has um, it's pretty much split in a third, to be honest with you. So, so between the three, between roofing, water damage restoration and flooring, pretty much split three ways. Right, okay. Different countries are bigger in different areas. Okay. So, and, uh, and what countries are you shipping to? You're global now? All over the world, yeah. We, we ship into most countries in the world. We uh, Most of our business is in the USA. Okay. Uh, the UK is second. Australia third. Right. And after that, then Europe, Scandinavia being the biggest, Germany, but uh, literally all over the world, whenever we have, we have resellers in most countries. Right, okay. And how's that developed? Like, how's it gone from, so was it, I won't like think stereotypical, but is it, was it your dad literally in a small industrial unit? Yep. And then how did you see as you growing up him go global with it? Uh-huh. Yes, good question. So at the, he started out in the back garden of the house in a shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought in my end, it normally starts in a shed. I was trying to be nice. But then he moved into a yard down the road from our house and that grew then into an industrial estate. And then basically he spent most of my childhood up traveling around the US. Both of my parents did. They went off around the US doing trade shows. Right. And uh, they, they focused on the US because they were mostly about flat roofs. Right. And the roofs over there are seven miles long. And <clears throat> yeah, then everyone spoke the language, so it just made it easier for business. Okay. So they just started getting contacts there, and things grew and grew. So you hit the USA first. USA it? was first, exactly. Right. So the, U- the rest of the world came next. And I suppose a lot of the world follows the USA when it comes to standards and practices. Yeah. Uh, the UK is a different animal altogether, and we really only started focusing on the UK about 15 years ago. Okay. I was wondering that because I've been 21 years in the flooring industry, and for as long as I can remember, I mean... I- can barely remember what we did yesterday. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> if anyone had realised we were at the Florence show, so we're all a bit hazy-eyed and yes. to lots of people. But um, but I'm sure I had a Tramex when I first set out, mm-hmm. and I think it was one of the biggest buys that I didn't want to buy because yeah. I felt it wasn't going to make me any money. Yes. But it was like, if you're going to do this professionally, yes. you're going to get strung up if you're not, if you're not testing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I remember spending the money thinking, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. we then kept it for maybe 10 years, and then we upgraded. Um, and we've still got the same one now. So, you know, right. we, still, we still have one. Yep. Um, so I love, I love brands that we talk to that it's like I've had two in my lifetime. Yep. Um, you know, one was, I think, I don't know, quite analog-y. And then, and then it's one we've got, maybe five years old. So Well, basically, the science hasn't changed in terms of the, the, the testing capability of the meter. Checking the moisture content hasn't changed at all right. in all those years. So we're still, if you have your meter and you put it beside one of the brand new meters, they still give exactly the same moisture content reading in concrete. But we've since then developed scales for anhydrate screeds, which, you know, started growing up about 10 years ago, yeah. becoming more prevalent. So <clears throat> we found our customers asking us, how do we test anhydrate? So we had to go out and get a whole lot of samples of anhydrate and test it for a year and then come out with a scale based on that to say, you know, this is what we think you should do to get a reasonable reading for, for anhydrate. We have, uh, but, but other than that, we've, we've built around the meters to include relative humidity for testing ambient conditions equilibrium relative humidity of the concrete of the screed yeah <clears throat> we've got a pin probe attachment for testing wood so it's kind of grown out in different ways but basically the, the meter is still giving you the same readings Given that you, your one did you know 20 years ago no I love that and what's new what did I hear something um, with one of my guys that's just bought one um, Bluetooth what, yes. what, what's, what's the new technology so about four years ago we came out with a Bluetooth meter and my brother works in the app development field okay <clears throat> he's the now the ceo of the company but he's developed all the apps for the business 
So we basically have the ability to record readings. That's mainly what it's what we do is we we provide a free app okay. with the meters that is allows customers to record readings in the okay. concrete on the site, taking ambient conditions, recording site readings, but also the Bluetooth allows you with your mobile device to pick up the readings uh, to pick up the location and the time and the date so you've got a good record of the actual fact these readings were actually taken there when you said they were taken there can you save that as a job reference yes job reference sorry save it as a job like, reference like on the app could yeah. you save it as mrs jones on something street yeah. or, or sports hall well the, the app is developing at, as, at the moment all the time <clears throat> and customers keep asking us for new things we started out with just basically you know take a photograph it records the reading records the time date location etc we're now developing it into, there's a new version coming out soon, which will be a lot more detailed with projects involved. <clears throat> we tend to try and keep the app very simple so that, uh, like, we don't store the, the photographs in our cloud platform. The no. customer stores them on their own, their own device. Yeah. <clears throat> Otherwise, we'd have to start charging for all the, the data that we'd have to store to keep it if everyone's photographs were kept on our cloud. The mapping is kept on our cloud, which is a lot simpler. So the mapping... You take a photograph of the plans of the floor, you take a photograph of the actual floor itself and overlay the, the image with readings that you're coming straight from the device. Right, okay. <clears throat> but we do keep, try to keep it very simple. And we find that we're partnering up with a lot of companies that are doing more, you know, elaborate to apps that are designed for specking floors, designed for job, job site conditions, you know, taking in all of the conditions of what, what materials are going down, how much of it, how much it's costing, etc. I forget the name for the, the programs, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of them out there. So, so we're partnering with a lot of those guys who, okay. who can use our Bluetooth devices, can talk straight to their apps. be interesting to talk to CRMs or anything, because what I found, even like the guys on the ground, and in a real world, Ooh. we should be testing everything. Yeah. In a real world, not everyone's testing yes. everything. But if you had it in your toolbox, yep. under your hammer, or on top of your hammer, <clears throat> and... You tested the wood, obviously I'm a wood background, yep. tested the concrete, tested um, you know, the air, humidity, etc. Mm -hmm. Push save, because the first question when something goes wrong yep. is, give us all the data from yep. the stuff you've done. And they're like, oh, well, that job, what happened was we left the, <laughs> the moisture <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and that's the real world. But if you could literally just turn up, make, you know, put the kettle on, go around and do all your testing, mm -hmm. save to the address name, yep. and then forget about mm -hmm. it. And then when manufacturer comes to you and says, right, yes, was this right? And you're yes. like, hang on. Yeah, I've got all the data. Yeah. That's exactly the idea. That's exactly yeah. what we do at the moment. That would be yeah. super. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. But that's what idea. the app does. But as I said, there's other more complex apps out there that we're partnering with that do a lot more, you know, in terms of much more detailed. So we, we, we limit it strictly to the moisture conditions, yeah. humidity conditions, et cetera, which is, you know, that's what we're doing at the moment. I love that. <clears throat> and what... Is there anything that you can let us know that's coming in the future that isn't here yet? Is it obviously apart from the integration? Is, it, is there anything that you're working on secretly that you're allowed to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've announced already and we're just about to launch a brand new meter for... This is the... So we have the CMEX5 as our kind of... as our digital, uh, all-encompassing concrete moisture meter. And we have the MEX5, which is about to come out, which is basically the original design was the moisture encounter that my father invented 30 years ago. Okay. <clears throat> so the Moisture Encounter X5 is being released at the moment. It is the equivalent of the digital concrete Moisture Encounter X5. We've announced it already, but it's not ready to launch till next week right, okay. or the week <laughs> after. And uh, the, the purpose of that one is it does all of the humidity conditions, the ambient site conditions, the, the pin probe for testing wood, etc. Yeah. WME readings, but it also is specifically designed in the flooring industry for testing problem floors that have gone wrong. So looking through wood, 
non-destructively. So instead of leaving pinholes all over someone's floor, when you're looking for the moisture condition of where the, where the moisture is coming from, you can find it with this device non-destructively. Yeah. And it has two settings for depth of reading. So you have a shallow depth reading of 10, cent, 10 millimeters okay. and you have a deeper reading of, of uh, 30 millimeters, basically. So you can check between the two. So you can check into the subfloor and you can check just into the, the flooring material itself. Well, and that's a week, we're a week away from that. We're so. about two weeks away from that yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> we also have another tool which is released um, recently enough but hasn't really been introduced to the flooring industry. It's something we're working on getting into soon is remote monitoring for site conditions. Right. We have a system out there. We're, we're selling mainly at the moment into the restoration field. Okay. But we have a lot of customers in a lot of different fields at the moment. But the problem is that um, that all of the the adhesives and all of the flooring products that people are using every day all say on the side of the packet that your conditions for, for usage should be between 40 and 60% yeah. humidity. And most people aren't aware of what the humidity is on site. And if um, they are, the flooring installers don't have the ability to affect what the humidity conditions are site. So it's kind of really a problem for the general contractor rather than the, the installer. Right. Or, and we're, you know, we're thinking that this is really going back to the architect in, in fairness because if we planned all this out at the beginning and said, if your building is dry the whole way through, is being dried constantly the whole way through, yeah. by the time you get to the end of the project, it'll be ready to go. Right. Instead of what's happening at the moment, you hear nine times out of ten, people are turning up on site, it's wet, doesn't matter, go ahead and put it down. We need, to, we need to get this show on the road. Yeah. But that falls back on the installer if there's a problem. And really what we need to do is get to the very beginning to the architects and say, look, if you guys can think about this from day one, think about the humidity on site because screeds, concrete, <clears throat> they'll all dry at a rate of millimeter per day or up with anhydrate up to 40 millimeters and then two days per millimeter after that. These are all rules of thumb that are based on ideal conditions and those ideal conditions are 40 to 60% humidity. Yeah. But you can see in here today, it's raining outside, it's 70% humidity in here today. Yeah. And, you know, where two yeah. days ago it was 50 because it was a beautiful day outside. Yeah, yeah. That was perfect drying conditions. Today you're slowing down the drying conditions. If you have plasters coming in, putting plaster on the walls, there's moisture coming out of the slab itself. If nobody's pulling that moisture out of the air, no, no. then that just builds up and then the, the slab just does not dry. The building doesn't dry. No, no. So, so I've done that so many times. When we used to work in London, a lot of you a big commitment, 250 miles to London sites. They used yes. to send us selective photos of what's ready. You get there and it's like, so when were you going to tell us the hallway was still wet exactly. plastering or something yeah. last night? Yeah. And yeah, there's no windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put the roof, just put the roof in. Yeah, they've literally got a plastic sheet where the roof was. Yes. For, yes. You know, the pictures look like they were putting the coving up and they were, but yeah, there's no roof to that room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, this, this, this product that we have is ideal for long-term monitoring of humidity conditions, temperature conditions, but it's not really for the installer, as I said. The installer, you know, doesn't, doesn't have the ability to, to affect what the site conditions are like. No. They can stand there and say, you know, you need to sort this out. But generally speaking, the builder will say, well, I'll get someone else, you know, <laughs> who isn't so demanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we really have to focus on the builders themselves and the architects to get that through, you know. Oh, love it. And what, as a whole, what do you think the biggest problem with the current flooring industry is? That needs I would, resolving. Personally speaking, I think that's my bugbear anyway, is the, is the humidity site conditions. It's something we talk about to people every day of the week. People ring up and they'd say, I've got your meter, just put it down the floor. It's wet, but this floor has been down for eight months. What's going on? And you say, well, what's the humidity conditions been like in that eight months? You know? And <clears throat> to me, that's the biggest bugbear because if people can get their heads around that, they can understand it. I mean, you know, <clears throat> they can understand why it's still wet. Instead of blaming the screed manufacturers or the concrete or, or you know, whoever put the floor down, they they got to be conscious of what the ambient conditions are. It's all important. And to me, I think that's the bit that everyone's missing. And especially when you say, you know, look at the side of your packet of adhesive or look at the side of your, your flooring that you're putting down. 
your vinyl flooring, it all says it has to be, or the wood especially, it has to be at a certain humidity and people don't have hygrometers and they don't know what the humidity is. No. And it's really something that we're kind of saying to people, you know, get out there. You can get a hygrometer for a very, very reasonably priced hygrometer. That'll do the job. That'll give you a rough idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you often hear people say, I can feel it when I walk in. It's damp, but that's a little too damp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably 90%. You know, when you need to, you need to worry about when it gets 70%. Yeah. You know, they say 60 is the upper limit, but I think... It, realistically speaking, we're never going to get below seventy in the winter months, and oh, in the UK and Ireland, I mean, be better just to doesn't be happen. certain to, than just sort exactly. of feeling feeling the air. Yeah, well, I mean, look, yeah. I'm sure there's many problems, but that's the one I see every day of the week. And so, you guys, because a lot of the manufacturers and um, within the flooring industry are releasing training and education. Is that on the plans for you guys? Do it yeah. any sort, you know, rather than people questioning all the time. Have you got any plans for that to, we to do. help? We have, a, we have a space on our website with lots of videos at the moment for the, for the products in general. We're working on videos all the time to <clears throat> talk about a particularly end, you know, <coughs> a specific part of the business, you know, part of the floor and, uh, you know, a particular test that they can do, a particular tricks and, and tips, etc. Yeah. And we're releasing them as we go. So, you know. So that's the best place to Yeah, find. that's kind of the best place. I think is videos just helps people a lot. But of course, we're always on the phone every day of the week, people calling us up, asking questions. And we're happy to to teach people over the phone too, you know. And where do people can people buy obviously at the show they can buy direct mm -hmm. from you? Where else in the UK? Obviously being the UK podcast where Yeah, we have a lot of of, of uh, distributors around the UK. There's um like somewhere in the region of about sixty, seventy, some some of the big stores like Headlums, you know, lots of smaller stores also sell them. Um, you know, um yeah, they're they're widely available now, which is great. And what warranties do most of the machines come with? We give a two-year warranty okay. with the devices. If Generally speaking, if somebody comes back with a factory fault, even though after that we'll fix it, obviously if it's wear and tear, that's, that's another issue. But if it's something that, that was done by us, we'll fix it. It doesn't happen often, but you know, then, when it does, we want to make sure it's right. And am I right in saying some of them have to be recalibrated? and things? We recommend an annual calibration, but I suppose most people don't, don't do that. I think it, it, they, people do that if they need calibration certificate, which is always useful, when you're, especially when you're on site and someone says... You know, but is your meter calibrated? Then they need a certificate to show it. We do have a calibration plate that people buy from us that yeah. they can test it themselves. I had one. You have one of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it shows yeah. you that the meter's reading correctly. Yeah. And, you know, we still have people come to the show here every year who come along and just put it down on, the, on the, the plate and the meter might be 20 years old and they'd say, oh, still reading good. Great. Thanks. See you next year. <laughs> and that would be their check. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but, you know, if you need a calibration certificate, we'd say yeah. send it back to us every year. And, and get it service. Yeah. Love it. So I'm going to ask a few, um, not personal questions, but again, this is about the humans behind the brands. Sure. Um, so how long have you been working in the business? So 13 years ago this year, I began working in the business. Brilliant. Um, and is there anything you would do differently now to what you did when you first started in general? Listen more. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of trying to talk, <clears throat> that would be my first and foremost, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and what is your favourite type of flooring material and what have you got fitted at home? Good question. Uh, we actually recently moved house and we moved into a house where someone else had fitted the floor before we got there. Okay. And it's great. But in our previous house, uh, we had a wood floor. Okay. It was from Canada in a company in Dublin. Beautiful oak floor. Um, and we've got an amazing fitter who actually... Does yeah, who does all the work for the whole family, really. Right, okay. <laughs> it's Chris Kachik in Ireland. He's an amazing floor fitter and he put it down for us. Did an exceptional job. Um I like wood floors in general. Okay. I guess you can have a kind of a you can have a slight bit of a a, a tap going on if you're walking around on a wood floor 
directly onto concrete. But when Chris did it, it was just rock solid. Oh, yeah. Didn't hear a thing except the dog with his claws, which. Uh, and he obviously tested the concrete before he... Yeah. Before he left the before he left. <laughs> always, always, yeah. What is the least favourite part of your current role? The least favourite part is organisation skills. It doesn't come naturally to me. No. Something I have to work on, you know, to be, to be organised. And uh, finding, finding systems to, to organise a team is something that I find extremely, you know, challenging. But and how have you got around that? That's <laughs> been six months time. <laughs> no, I mean, there's lots of there's so many there's so many sort of organisational programs out there, and you know, yeah. and I guess as the team is growing, we've we've now got um, six salespeople, and you know, we're planning on more okay. in the future, and we need to, you know, to to tighten up the kind of the uh, the information being passed from one to the other through the team, making sure everyone in the company understand, you know, hears about something that's happening. Yeah. And that's always the challenge is the communication. You know, we can have regular meetings. That's great. But obviously we're, we're all working on emails every day of the week. We're all working on our computers. We're having so many conversations yeah. that, that you need instant messaging where people are actually going to read it, not emails where yeah. you're yeah. going to see it, 20 of them and you just ignore them, but somewhere where it's referenced specifically to a project or a customer or something like this. So I'm looking at tons of customer relations management software programs and I'm about spending time looking at all those, and that's a headache, you know. I'd much prefer yeah. talking to people and, you know. <laughs> yeah, human, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and how have you recruited the right team? How have you built a team? We've been team? very lucky. We've been very lucky with uh, meeting the right people at the right time. And, and um, yeah, we very rarely had to go out actually actively advertising or, or searching. Okay. Generally, people, generally speaking, people are around us, and they've expressed an interest in working for us, and we've been very happy to take them on. And, yeah, it's just been a lot of... Really good meetings and okay. So that's um, a lot. A lot of people struggle with finding the good. good Absolutely, people. yeah, yeah. So have you got people in the states? Have you got uh, you know? Yeah. got people we globally a, as well. We've got five people in the states. We've got three people here. So we've got Steve Perry is up in, in Manchester. Who's who's looking after the flooring end of things? Okay, and he's uh, all over the country and and uh, you know helping customers and helping resellers and setting up and, and answering the phone calls all day long etc just like just like ourselves he's doing an amazing job and we I met Steve in Las Vegas years ago we were at a show we hung out together we hit it off and then next thing he was you know thinking about making a move and jumped on ship with us and we haven't looked back since we have uh, Ryan Stanley who's down the south okay. he's an amazing salesman too and he's he's looking after the, the remote monitoring end of things and more of the restoration end of things but he's also looking after the USA for us too he's backwards and forwards to the US they both spend a lot of time in the US as well okay. uh, we have a team in the States and yeah it, like, it's, it's just growing and growing so and do they have to check in via Zoom and uh, you know? we, we speak on the phone pretty much all day long yeah. all day. <laughs> and uh, yeah every time there's a, there's a phone call that's had that's a, lots of interest in it we'll get on together and, and, and talk it through Love it. make plans so let me have a look at the next question um, I suppose we've answered that one. Um, I've got a strange question, so, and, and then I'm going to ask you the same. Yeah. On the podcast, we've got a tradition of the last guest asks a strange question. Oh. To the, so, okay. imagine this. Um, you're not married. Yes. Free and single. Yes. And you've just met the dream girl yes. um, that you could ever meet. Okay. And you've got to go and meet the parents for the first time. Okay. But you're a vegetarian. <laughs> I am, actually. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> this is going to be easy for you then. So, so, um, so mum of this dream girl has cooked this beautiful meat joint yes. and she's been doing it for five or six hours. Okay. 
and it comes out on the table. Yes. How are you going to deal with that situation? That's a very good question, actually. And actually, I, I could tense it straight away. I would eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and what question... Obviously, you don't know who the next guest is. There you go. Left uh, already. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the question you would ask? How long have you been trying to get out of this industry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good. It's a good. It's a good question. It is a good. Will we go with that one? Okay. Yeah. So we can say that I said it. Then we'll okay. just cut out that bit where he's so we could. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with that. How long have you been trying to get out of this industry? Yeah. That's. that's yeah. I like that. Someone asked a similar question. I can't remember what it was. I think it was, how would you feel if you have to do flooring for the rest of your life? <laughs> and I, I was, well, that's how long have you got? But uh, so last last few bits yes. of questions. So what is the best? And the worst piece of advice you ever received, and you can remember who it, who was it from? The best was from my father. Standing at a funeral, I was about to give the eulogy at a friend of mine's funeral, and he said, "Write his name at the top of the page and look at the name and speak slowly." And it helped, got me through it. That was the best advice I've ever got. The worst advice is. Things that I give myself every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Oh, I <laughs> um, and I think the last and final question, which is going to be a difficult one, so but you, you do have to answer this, uh, but we always ask it on a podcast and we want to know about more about the people. Uh, what is currently holding you back in life or in business? Lack of imagination, I'd say. I think, you know, sometimes you have moments of lucidity where you go, wow, actually, you know, I could do all of these things. And then I get just getting caught up in the day to day, you know, deadens the mind, stops yeah. you from thinking of big, bigger things. I think that's one, I think that's a really, really valid point. When um, I'd say maybe 10 years ago, hmm. I was, um, what's the word, wouldn't take advice from anyone. Yes. Quite an arrogant yeah. <laughs> bugger. Um, and, but since I've built a team mm. and listen more, mm -hmm. like you said, mm -hmm. that broadens the imagination Absolutely. and you could be very tunnel vision of like, yeah. this is the way we're going to do it. Yeah. And then someone will point out, well, what about this? And sometimes, it, no, we're doing it this way. Yeah. But then otherwise, yeah, that is such a good idea. Why Absolutely. have I not thought about that? Absolutely. So. Well, you have to trust the team too, don't you? Yeah. So it's important to have a team that you trust. Oh, um, and so where social media, website, where and how is the best way to reach out to Tramex? Oh, uh, to get us? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we do a lot of... Um, Ron is our marketing manager here beside me, and he would work mostly on LinkedIn as our main sort of source of, of us projecting to the customer. For the okay. customer to, to contact us, our yeah. website, LinkedIn is a great... It's always a great one. Okay. Um, uh, but I think social media-wise, you know, we're always scanning everything, so we're watching Facebook, etc., for questions... Although I think, you know, Facebook is probably the one that might get missed. But uh, <laughs> so LinkedIn, LinkedIn uh, websites. Website. Yeah. Oh, what I mean, of course, we're always, we've got, a phone, we've got a phone number in the UK. We've got a phone number in, in uh, the US. We've got a phone number in Ireland. Yeah. And we're always at the other end of that phone. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Lovely. Lovely, Kelvin. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Sorry, it's so early and uh, yes. it's been a good, great interview from the, the UK. Um, I can't even speak. The Flummering Show in Harrogate. I know the feeling. I know the feeling, yeah. yeah Thank you. It's so the last day of the, of the show, yeah? I know. We, we should have done this at the we beginning. Get to, yeah. We've been so much fresher. <laughs> Thank you very much. Brilliant. Good to meet you.
Don't forget, if you want more information about Roomvo, visit their website, getroomvo.com. That's get.roomvo.com. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.